guys, welcome back to Mom Brain. I'm Daphne. And I'm Ilaria. And today we are continuing with our series on frontline moms. This was a really cool opportunity to chat with some of the doctors, physicians who are on the front line and also coming home and taking care of, in this case, a really small child. Um, the, our guest today is Dr. Florencia Segura, who is a pediatrician um, who has a 16-month-old daughter and is actually currently 21 weeks pregnant, like right neck and neck with, with Ilaria. With Literally one day different. <laughs> Literally a day difference. And just, you know, a fascinating chance to hear from the front lines what it looks like as a practicing physician um, and what she, what her advice is for her patients, you know, parents of really small uh, newborn babies, brand new babies, small children, and the new precautions and measures that her practice and many practices across the country are taking um, to ensure that their patients stay well and still get the medical care they need. So I'm sure you guys will really enjoy and learn something from taking a lesson to Dr. Florencia Segura. So uh, t- give us a little a little quick uh, background on yourself and, and what you're doing right now. So I am a pediatrician and I'm also a, um, a mom to a young 16-month-old daughter and I'm currently 21 weeks pregnant with his son. <gasps> Me too! Oh, how exciting. When, what do when's, you do? when's your due date? September 19th. And September 20th. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just had my um, anatomy scan this morning. So uh, I went two days ago. Did it go well? All good? Yeah. Good. Yeah, all good. It was a very good. interesting experience FaceTiming with my husband. And I know, isn't it crazy? You know? Yeah. So what are you um are you what are you doing right now in terms of um keeping yourself safe while pregnant and and continuing to practice medicine? Absolutely. So I try to take it, and I tell my, all my patients, because I see a lot of um, moms pregnant with their second, third, fourth babies, um, expectant moms that, you know, interview our practice. And I just try to take it every um, day at a time. And so I tell myself every morning before I go to work and before I, you know, conquer the day that I'm healthy today and I'm doing everything I can in my control to keep myself, my patients safe, and my kid, my daughter safe. So I wash my hands. I Purell like crazy. I wear a face mask when I go out and when I'm at work, I'm trying to stay six feet away from everyone. And I'm going to do the same thing tomorrow. And so then I just focus tomorrow and then do my best. And I'm not going to think about what's going to happen in three to four months because we don't know what's going to happen in three to four months. So I think what I'm telling all my patients and I want to tell myself every day is just to take it day by day and doing your best that you can. And so if something does end up happening and I do get sick, I just know that I did everything I could to stay safe. And, and you're, um, you know, I'm, I'm always, there was a, there was a time where I thought I was going to medical school. It was, I was very briefly in a pre-medical post back. And I have these fantasies sometimes about being a mother with the knowledge and the skill set of being a physician, just, you know, and I'm, I'm really lucky that I have so many doctors in my family. So they're always a phone call away and they, and, and that's greatly reassuring, but there's something really interesting about, and I wonder, and I think it must be true that you, that you feel more self-sufficient with that knowledge at your fingertips. Um, is that true? Like, do you now in this, with this swirling sort of tide of, of everyone trying to become medically expert and everyone trying to figure out what's happening, do you feel like in your group of friends, you obviously present really calmly. And I really love that strategy of like today I'm doing everything in my control, which is all we, all any of us can do. 
But um, but what's it like to be a doctor and a mother in this current time? Absolutely. So it's in some ways, it's uh, I, I think you encapsulated it exactly the way I feel. And it probably comes from, you know, having all those doctors in your family, but you know, knowledge is power. So knowing sort of like how, and and we're still trying to figure out how this, this virus is sort of how transmissible this is, but um, just knowing how to protect yourself and how best to protect yourself. But then sometimes you're uh, sometimes when you know too much, your brain could start kind of going down like a rabbit hole and uh, so it's trying to balance that, um, you know, uh, both sides of, uh, knowing, and then also then when I get home, just putting my mom hat on and, right. um, absolutely. What's, what are some of the most common questions you're getting from patients or from friends right now? Absolutely. We get, I get a lot of questions. So I, I could start from sort of like the little newborns. Um, I get asked, um, should I bring my newborn into their first pediatrician um, visit. Should I, we've gotten questions about home births. Is it safe to deliver in a hospital? Um, what should I do with my two month old? They need their shots. Should we come in for our two month old? Um, lots of questions about when kids do get fevers because kids are still getting sick, even though we're seeing a dramatic decline. I'm sure with your kids, you guys have seen that they probably have not really been sick because not good. they're not yeah. around. <laughs> Because because they're not exactly. going anywhere. Anytime anyone has like any sneeze, I'm like, how is it possible? <laughs> Allergy, allergy yeah. right? Exactly. So that's um, so a lot of a lot of like the little baby questions, and then I'm getting a lot of questions that you guys addressed. I, I already listened to your episode today, but I addressed this with a lot of anxiety too, with like older kids, and um, you know, trying to maintain a sense of normalcy for them and you know, how to talk to them about summer camps that are being canceled and, you know, what about school next year or my friends and all that kind of thing. So we get, I, I get questions from all, all over the, all over the gamut from the newborns from the little kids and to how to keep yourself safe to like the older kids and how to kind of present, uh, you know, preserve this sense of normalcy. And and up to this point, obviously, I think something that a lot of parents have taken refuge in and just felt comforted by was that we we think kids don't present COVID with like you know a lot of a lot of dramatic side effects, and if they if they're able to um, qualify it like that. But now there's this whole rise of I, I forget what it's called. It's um, pediatric, pediatric multi symptom multi system inflammatory disease. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you got it. <laughs> um, and I mean, was, what what is that? Is it related to COVID? What are people supposed to make? How are people supposed to make sense of that for our kids? What what, what what's going on? <laughs> Absolutely. So it's this new pediatric vasculitis um, that's characterized by persistent fever. So these are fevers that are lasting for five, six, seven days, um, and then you've got all the other symptoms that you're probably seeing on the news: rash and abdominal symptoms like abdominal pain, diarrhea, and vomiting. And then when they do lab work, they're also seeing a lot of inflammation. So a lot I mean, of that inflammatory sounds bad. markers. That doesn't sound yeah. like a good thing. It's, yeah. it's not good. And the what we're seeing is that there's an association with, they're thinking there's an association with COVID-19 because the kids are testing positive for COVID-19. So this is something really new because none of us learn this in medical school or in residency. Mm -hmm. And it's mm -hmm. something that we're also trying to figure out. And I think in terms of like what parents need to know, I think parents absolutely need to know that it exists. Um, but it's, I also still stress that it's extremely rare and 
I like to start off with having having your child have COVID is still extremely rare. It's only about 2% of the cases. Now, again, there's a lot of asymptomatic kids out there that we're not testing. So we don't really even know. But of the, the symptomatic cases, it's like about 2 to 5% of kids are the ones that have COVID. And then of those kids that have COVID, this is also extremely, extremely rare. So, but it's something that's obviously out there and it's scary and kids are getting really, really sick. Um, but you know, I, I do try to reassure parents that I think it's something absolutely that every parent should know about, but not something to, that is extremely common. It's actually very uncommon and we're still trying to learn about it. I'm sorry. I was trying to, I was trying to follow up because I meant to, with your last point with the little babies and the frequent questions you're getting, what do you yeah. tell those parents? Like, do you tell them, yes, bring your kids and are you even seeing patients now like that? Are you telehealthing? Like what's your sort of strategy for parents then? Yeah. So, you know, I'm actually on a lot of committees like across the country with the um, American Academy of Pediatrics. And it's amazing what um, all pediatric practices are trying to make their offices as safe as possible, especially for our immunocompromised, our newborns and our little babies. Mm -hmm. So at our office, for example, we are not seeing a single sick child. We are only seeing babies and young kids and healthy kids. They're being screened everyone's wearing a mask. The parents are wearing masks. Um, and, uh, if there is a sick kid, we're seeing them actually outside in the parking lot in their own really? cars. And then, yeah. Wow. And, you know, that, most practices around the country are, I would say 95 to hundred percent of them are doing the same thing. Wait, isn't that genius though? Like you keep the germs out of the building. Shouldn't exactly. we always be doing that? I, I mean, kind of, I think, I, th- I mean, in, in some ways this, co- and then COVID-19 is really changing. There really is life before, pre-COVID-19 is really, it's not going to go back to what it was. I mean, in some ways, like there's a lot of innovation happening um, with prenatal visits. For example, I know that a lot of moms are doing telehealth and remote monitoring with different kind of apps. And the same thing with pediatrics, we're doing a lot of telehealth visits. So there are some families that still feel very uncomfortable about taking like their six month old to the office. So what we're doing for those patients is we're doing a telehealth well visit. We're asking parents to weigh their babies at home get like a tape measure and measure their babies. And then they give us the stats. We plot them on the growth curve and we, you know, ask about all the feeding questions and the development questions, make sure that, and there's a lot you can do actually on video. And I actually love telehealth because it's fun to see the kids like in their own environment. And I almost feel like they're more natural. Mm -hmm. You know, when you bring your baby to like the pediatrician, they're just kind of like looking and they're scared (laughs) and they're like the crinkly paper. But it's I I almost get like a lot of development from just seeing them like in their natural habitat. Um, And then for vaccines, uh, we are, a lot of practices are doing kind of these like drive-through, like parking lot, like shots in the lot kind of parking lot things where you just, Oh I know God. where you don't even bring your baby to the office. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, but I, I appreciate that because, I mean, I, I am curious about what it's going to be like after this. You really think be, it's never going to um, be the same. I, I mean, COVID-19 is eventually, hopefully we have new medical innovations and vaccines and things that it's life is going to resume back to a semi-normal and, 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 and back to doing the things that we were doing. But in some ways, I think there's going to be a lot more telehealth and because we're all, most practices have already ha- now have the platforms to do that, and I think it um, it has changed sort of the way that we, you know, can act, you know, have access to our patients, and patients can have access to us, and in, in, in a good way, mm-hmm. in a more, in to be quite honest, a more connected way. Exactly. 
Exactly. I mean, how many more patients you can see if you're doing telehealth than you're seeing with the changeover, the switching, the, the changing of the, the crinkly paper, as you call it. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say my kids love the crinkly paper. Lots of drawing. Lots of them drawing it. Yeah. <laughs> So what in terms of you haven't seen a lot of obviously you know you've been staying working with with um with children so you haven't seen a lot of covid cases with with your own group. Um there, do you think that we're going to get to a point where where there is going to be more widespread testing with children? Um or is it um or is it something where where it's just going to kind of be this this ongoing mystery of how many kids actually really have this? Yeah, that's a great question. So we, so it's interesting you probably, I, I remember the date very clearly. It was March 16th that pretty much this, at least for us, we had like a stay at home order and everything shut down. Um, it was like Monday. Um, and so daycares were closed, schools started closing. Um, a lot of people were kind of on spring break already. So it was mm-hmm. sort of just like a kind of a continuation of that. Right now, you know, the cases still remain small because most of the kids that are getting COVID are from household members. And that's what the data is showing. Um, and they're not getting it from other kids. So once, you know, if kids, if schools open back up and more daycares open back up, that's going to be kind of very interesting to see sort of where those numbers go. Now, we are definitely testing kids, especially with parents that are symptomatic and, you know, kids maybe have a fever. Uh, the test is I just right now it's not fun <laughs> the nasal swab, but uh, hopefully we get even easier testing and we don't really have to you know uh, do that. What, what about kind of immunity re- tests? I mean, I that's like that's the new question. that's like the new rage that everybody is talking about. Um, and you know, I I know like so many people are like, oh my god, as soon as it becomes more accessible, I want to do an immunity test to see if I got it. And then the hope is that there is immunity to it, which we don't know if that's true yet. And then if that, then you feel like you have this like superpower where you're like, I can't get COVID again. Yeah, absolutely. So we, uh, there's a lot of antibody testing already out there. The the tricky part about it is that they're not a hundred percent, first of all, FDA approved. And secondly, we don't know exactly what that means. So there's two parts of an immunity test. There's uh, the part that tells you, yes, you have an active infection and B, you've had it and you're quote immune. We don't really know what immunity means, meaning that we just don't have enough time and data to show us, okay, you had COVID. Does this mean that you're immune and you're protected? And you're, it's like, is this like chicken pox that, or measles, you have immunity and you theoretically can't get it again. Or is it something that you have immunity? Is it like the flu that it's sort of like a new strain comes in and, you know, you, you, that's why, you know, recommend the flu shot every year. Um, is it sort of like that? So it's very promising and we're really excited about the possibility of having, you know, all this COVID antibody testing. We just don't really know exactly what immunity means right now right. and how, yeah. I have heard from from a doctor friend of mine, and I, again, nobody knows at this point, but that it seems like this is a virus that doesn't really mutate. Right. Um, that's what we're hopeful for. That's yes, so, absolutely. And then if it doesn't, then it probably will act more like the chicken pox or the measles rather than a flu, which is constantly flu. mutating and everybody is trying to have to guess. Um, so, no, I mean, it's, it, I'm, I'm very not, not – 
you know, for for those of you who are taking care of us and taking care of our children, we're great. Thank we are so, so grateful much. for, and for and for the researchers, we are so grateful as well um, that you guys really are are the ones wearing capes right now. So thank you, thank you, thank you for absolutely everything. This was this was very and and I hope you feel well. I know. Good luck. Yeah, feel good. Thank you. <laughs> You've been thank through you, it before. You. you know what you're in for. You know the rodeo. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I might. My heart goes out for the first time moms, though, because, you know, like the second time I'm like, okay, you know, I had my baby shower and, you know, I had my, you know, all, all the things that go into being pregnant. But I, the first time moms, I, and I think I, I really tell them like, it's okay to grieve a little bit because this is, this is a very, you know, it's, it's kind of just being thankful. And it's a life event. Healthy, absolutely. But it is a life yeah. event. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, there, and, there are whole parts of the, like, obviously the physical is the most important thing to take care of right now and, and protecting, you know, everyone. Um, but there's emotional toll of losing those, you know, kids graduating from every stage of education and, and absolutely first time moms and second time moms and every time moms. I mean, Alari's about to be a mom for the fifth time over and there are absolutely changes that are have to be made based on the fact that you, you know, we can't do what we would normally love to do as social human beings. So you are allowed to, you are allowed to grieve, of course. Florencia, where can everyone follow you? Yeah, I have an Instagram account. It's called Dr. Florencia Segura. And then I'm also on like, you know, LinkedIn and Twitter and stuff, but yeah. The professional places. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Thank thank you you so much. Take care of yourself. Good Thank luck. You, good. I'll be I'll be thinking about you around maybe we'll get like a week or two off and it'll be like a little early. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Mom. professional. All right, guys, that was Dr. Florencia Segura. And that was fascinating for me on so many different ways. But one of the things I I loved is this idea that I've been really clinging on to about how even though we are social distancing and we are so far apart from each other right now, and that's really, really hard, the idea that we are in some ways so connected because this really is a whole world battle that we're fighting right now. And what she was saying about the fact that this is shaking up the medical system and actually allowing us to have a more intimate relationship with mm-hmm. our pediatricians, I find that to be really heartwarming. I've had a number of telehealth um, visits, and it is amazing allowing your doctor to like have a window into your home and sort of them seeing the workings of the home and and realizing how much can get done just on the internet. I'm amazed that she's doing all of this while pregnant. I mean, I'm so terrified to get sick while pregnant. Um, and and so I really have, am very ad, admiring of her in terms of the, in terms of how brave she is and, and the risks that she's taking. I loved her technique that she said in the beginning of waking up every day and every day you remind yourself, I'm healthy. I have something I can do to help. I mean, what an incredible like mindset and gift there. And I'm doing everything I can in my power because I think humans feel the most despairing and distraught when we feel like there's nothing we can do. And, and I just, I, I think that that's such a good attitude to start from of I'm doing everything I can. I'm healthy today. 
let's 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 live in in this moment and do what we can. Um, anyway, really really cool to hear again from these frontline moms who are doing so much and then coming home and and taking care of families as well. So um, hope you guys are enjoying this little mini series we are doing for you. Uh, of course we love if you would rate and review and subscribe and tell your friends and email us at mombrainpod at gmail.com and see us on Instagram and YouTube and anywhere on the interwebs you could possibly care to consume mom brain content. <laughs> so we thank you for that. Uh, thank you for being uh, with us on this fun and wild and crazy journey of parenthood. And we'll see you next week. Bye guys.